Welcome, everybody, to episode 19 of Casting the Net. This week is a little bit different because Rick was not able to attend due to a family matter. So Father Dave is flying solo on this episode. Let's all say a prayer. This goes well. Uh, No, I'm kidding. Another great episode here in our Casting the Net show. Uh, This continues our Bible extended series, and this episode specifically reflects on the Sunday reading with Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. Father Dave goes into a lot of detail about why context is so important for interpretation. So we hope you enjoy episode 19 of Casting the Net. Father Dave, flying solo. Hi, I'm Father Dave Noss, together with Father of Four, Rick Lingva. Welcome to Casting the Net. We are in search for catching the faith. Hey friends, Father Dave here, and I want to thank you so very much for joining me. Rick is unable to be with me for this particular recording, which is super unusual, so unusual it's never happened before. There was a a medical emergency in his family uh, involving his dad, and I I just want to lift up his dad for your healing grace, Lord Jesus. You are the Lord of lords. You are the King of kings. You are the author of all life. You are the divine physician. And may your will be a healing will to grant unto Rick's dad and for your consolation to calm worries and fears and anxieties that are wholly understandable. And let let your healing power, let it be further manifested among those who listen to this podcast in whatever ways healing is most needed. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. We've been working on an extended series on the Bible, talking about what it is, from where it came. How do we understand it? And in this episode, my my hope is to to do something very, very practical with the Sunday reading that is before us for this Sunday, which is from Luke's Gospel. It's chapter 17, verses 11 to 19. And as you know, as Catholics, we we work our way through various parts of sacred scripture in our liturgy, in our worship, in our prayer, that over a three-year period of time, the church organizes the Bible in such a way that we hear nearly the absolute entirety of the New Testament if we go to Mass every Sunday and every Holy Day. And we hear large portions of the Old Testament, that ours is not uh, a tradition where the where the pastor picks favorites, but rather the church herself organizes the scripture so that we will be able to hear God's word in more of its fullness, in more of its completeness. And we've been working our way through most recently the gospel of Luke, working our way through the year of Luke, which begins the first Sunday of Advent and concludes the last Sunday of the liturgical year, which is also the Feast of Christ the King. And this Sunday, the 28th Sunday in Ordinary Time, we're going to hear this episode that takes place in Luke's Gospel. Now, Rick and I have been explaining that context is so important for interpretation that if we want to understand what God is trying to say to us, say to us in a way that moves us and shapes us and inspires us, We must have awareness of the context of where it rests in the particular book of the Bible, what precedes that episode, what follows the episode. 
that the context is vital for interpretation. You may recall from Mass last Sunday that we heard the apostles express a desire for faith to be increased. Not faith in others or faith even in those who have no faith, but faith in themselves. Increase our faith. They urge Jesus to do. And Jesus responds that indeed, faith is something that can be increased by means of divine grace, by means of power, which is given and received. And when we have just the smallest amount of faith, Jesus says, using the image of a mustard seed, signs and wonders stand to be worked. On the heels of having been stirred last Sunday by this heartfelt plea from the apostles, which they made to Jesus for their own faith to be increased, we hear the gospel for this Sunday, where Jesus will further instruct the meaning of true faith and underscore the fact that we rightly expect wonders to happen when faith is lively. As the story begins in Luke chapter 17, there are 10 lepers, lepers who are standing at a distance from Jesus. This is a detail that Luke gives to us in the 17th chapter. We can imagine these lepers at a great distance and all for understandable reasons. Indeed, they were required to remain at distance because of the contagion that they had contracted and the law requiring. They nevertheless even from a distance, they recognize the Lord Jesus and they do so as one who had the power to cure them. And so they cry out to him, Lord Jesus, have pity on us. And in this manner, these 10 lepers, these, these outsiders, these, those who themselves have been separated from the community because of the contagion contracted, they recognize Jesus, his authority, and his ability to heal. In this sense, these 10 lepers, the most unlikely of characters, they're giving us instructions on what it means to have faith and how it is that we are to pray. Theirs is a perfect prayer. Jesus, Master, have pity on us. In this way, they see Jesus, they turn toward him, and they confidently ask for mercy. They know Jesus is the source of salvation. Friends, when we, when we use the scriptures to pray, we can enter into the drama in this very way. We can imagine those ten lepers. Oh, we can even imagine the suffering and affliction, the loneliness, uh, the rejection that characterizes their life through no fault of their own. We can imagine the longing that they have to be cured from the affliction. There are some right now who are listening and you have been troubled by physical, emotional, or spiritual affliction and how you wish to be freed from that suffering, how you know that the Lord has the power to deliver you and the opportunity before you to imitate their example, to turn to Jesus and say, Jesus, have pity on me, or in a group situation. Maybe it's a family that's fraught with 
particular challenges or fragmentation. Have pity on us, Jesus, invoking his holy name with the scriptures teach us to do and simply asking for pity on behalf of the Lord to be extended, which is another way of saying, heal me, Lord Jesus. And Jesus tells the lepers to follow the instructions of the law, which was to go and to show themselves to the priests. And the lepers, of course, are set apart from the community because they're not allowed to re-enter life and religious practice of Israel unless the priests guaranteed their good health. That's why the instruction was in the law. And notice here, in the sacred scripture, Jesus follows the prescriptions of the law and instructs those who have requested God's help to do the same. In fact, I'm reminded that following Jesus is the art of imitation. It's not new and improved. (laughs) For those that are chasing some sort of experience, some sort of phenomenon, some sort of sensation, the Lord is waiting simply to be seen where you are. Take your cue from the sacred scriptures and from this very passage and recognize the Lord Jesus where you are. Just call out to him. Whether or not you see him or sense him, Jesus, have pity on me. In the story, the lepers respond to Jesus. But before they respond, Luke gives to us a particular detail. Not only that there were 10 lepers, but that one of the 10 was a Samaritan. And while the Samaritans and the Jews, they despised one another and they avoided contact with each other. And there are various times in the Gospels when we, when we witness this reality. The disgrace of leprosy brings together those who are traditionally adversaries. And isn't that true? I mean, isn't that true in life? That a, that a shared affliction can melt enmity that formerly was between peoples and they come together. And although all of the lepers are miraculously healed in this story, this is not a parable, this really happened. One of them, Luke tells us, glorifies God in a loud voice when he recognizes having been cured, when mercy or pity has been applied from God as the source. And not only glorifies God in a loud voice, but he makes his way back to Jesus. He falls at his feet in a posture of worship and thanks the Lord Jesus. That in and of itself is a beautiful demonstration of a mature faith. One that is overflowing with gratitude for God's goodness. But there's something even more spectacular for the one leopard who returns is the Samaritan. Our Lord is delighted by the gratitude that we show to the people who in so many different ways and so many meaningful ways help us in our ordinary lives. Sometimes, maybe it's just a simple smile. Sometimes it's a, it's a, it's a word of thanks that elicits a a response of thanks. Sometimes it's something more significant. Maybe it's just someone who recognizes us in our need and cares. 
It's entirely possible that the nine lepers who were cured thanked Jesus in their own hearts. You know, we don't know that. I mean, almost assuredly, I can imagine that. How could you not be filled with gratitude? However, only one of them returns to Jesus. Only one. Only one circles back to say thanks to the one who brought forth the power to heal. And that one was the Samaritan, the outsider. Of course, Jesus would have liked all of them to return, just as he wants all of us to be grateful for the favors and the blessings that we receive, small and large. Maybe the other nine had it in their mind to turn back. Maybe they meant to make their way to Jesus. <laughs> How often I can do that. I think I'm going to do that later. I think I'm going to do that tomorrow. I think I'm going to do that next week uh, to return back and to give thanks. And there's a sincerity in that, not a falsity. But the reality is they didn't, just as sometimes I don't. Friends, no day ever passes without God's pity being lavished upon us, without his grace being given to us. Let's resolve today, today, this day, never again to let the sun set without our having pleaded with God to shower us with divine favor, to give us divine mercy, and to thank him for his wondrous works. God be with you. Friends, he's Rick, and I'm Father Dave, a dad and a priest, together trying to become better fathers by catching Christian faith. Thanks for joining us for our conversation, and we hope that you'll connect with us next week for Casting the Net.